on this episode of In The Rack Podcast. I'm super pumped for this new clinical stuff that we're, we're rolling out because we all know therapists, like we're really good at the stuff we need for our boards, but we're not so good at like applying these strength and conditioning principles that we know are missing from therapy. Evidence tells us over and over and over, we underload patients. Welcome to In The Rack Podcast, where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple hows in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to them. Now, let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of In The Rack Podcast. I'm your host, Chad, and with me is my co-host and fellow physical therapist, Nick. Um, Nick and I have another great episode today. Um, we have another guest speaker on the show, and uh, this guy goes by the name of Justin Farnsworth, and uh, he is from um, PPSC, which is the Pain-Free Performance Specialist Certification. Uh, it's a course that we are actually hosting this weekend. And uh, he came up a day early, so we could not only prepare for the course, but uh, we wanted him on the podcast because he's a wealth of knowledge, and we wanted to ask him a few questions, kind of not only about PPSC, but a little bit about himself as well. And, you know, he is a physical therapist himself, so um, the course that we will be hosting will not only be um, the PPSC, but it's more on, like, the clinical side. So it's it's got some good clinical pearls associated with it, so we're, we're super excited to have him here and uh, excited for this uh, upcoming uh, workshop that we have over the next and couple of days. And he came to get a workout in, but Chad conveniently conveniently has to take the kids. Yeah, so Well, today, I, I told Chad it was leg day. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, it was like, oh, you know what? Kids are not school. I mentioned <laughs> dad duty, man. <laughs> kids are not school. Kids, it, actually, it was close to that order. Actually, what I said was, dude, Nick is, you and Nick are going to like match really, really well. Uh, Nick the kids legs. actually had school today, but he was like, kids, you're not going to school. You're coming with me. It's a snow day. I got to take you home later. Busted. I was, I was caught red-handed. No, it's it's true. Uh, the kids have a snow day, and we will be leaving right after. Which this is kind of crazy because uh, there's not even an inch of snow right outside the corner. Dude, it's wild. Um, um, I'm only a half an hour from here, and there's three inches. Still doesn't warrant no school, but that's just kind of the world we live in now, which I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about today. You know what? More, more, yeah. more time, more time with your kids. I agree. That's I it. think it's great. I'll t- I was going to tell simple. you this earlier, and you've heard this from everyone, but they grow up fast. They do. I have heard it from everyone. It's true. And the, the 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 parenthood dichotomy is kind of crazy because Theo is four months old as of the other day, and it feels like it's been four years, but it also feels like it's only been a month, which is like the craziest sensation of like, man, it feels like he's been here so long, but it hasn't been that long, but it's also flown by. It's but kinda, also, kinda you probably always feel like you could take a nap. Yeah, two in sure. the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> I could sure. take a nap. <laughs> Without a doubt, people are like, "What's it like being a new parent?" I'm like, "Without a doubt, you could always take a little nap." That's true. That's, that's that a, is that's true. A, that's a good way to describe it for sure. That yeah. is true. And then when yeah. you get older, you can't nap at all. Yeah. The kids are just wired yeah. all day, yeah. all day. Yeah. All right. So, Justin, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, man? Like, uh, I know you're a physical therapist, but tell us like a little bit about your journey as to kind of what got you here today. Oh man, how much time we got? Uh, you. We you got, got as much time as you need, Dan. You got as much time as you need. My my journey into therapy, it's funny, you know, I was um I was a strength coach before I was a therapist. So I'm gonna tell the story tomorrow. I love I'll it. wreck it right here, right now. Yes. But it's like my first job was at thirteen in strength and conditioning. Uh, and my first client was Ryan Miller. So I know that follows hockey. Yeah. Gold medalist, uh NHL player for a long time. 
the facility I worked at was owned by a, um, a soccer coach of mine. And what 13-year-old doesn't want to go in and train athletes? Dude, He's really? like, hey, I got some athletes who want to come in and train. And then you can just train for free. And here I am, like, I want to play professional sports. Athletes sounds great. And so I walk in and I think like I'm the new guy, right? You're going to get like the little seven and six year olds, like no one wants to deal with. And I walk in and it's like, yeah, you're working with Ryan Miller today. And my jaw like hit the floor, which is kind of crazy that I was the one doing that. Yeah, like, right. It probably should have been someone else. But um, that's the facility we ran. And we had some we had some kick ass stuff there, too. We had uh, one of those skating treadmills. Um, we had oh, one of cool. the uh, the running ones. I think there was a video of Stefan Diggs a few years ago hitting like 24 miles on like the, I forget the name of the company. They were like Frappier Acceleration yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. So we had that stuff. Um, so I trained high-level athletes for the first five years of my career. Um, from there, I uh, was a soccer player. Uh, played soccer all the way through college. I was an All-American. Uh, played professionally after as well. And then just got a little burnt out. Like you work so hard to get to the thing and then you're like, you know, 19 20 21 you're like i'm just kind of tired so um decided hey i want to go work with people and i think i'd rather do it the physical therapist route like talking to people not passed out knocked out on a table doing surgery just like face-to-face communication i like that stuff so um went to upstate medical in syracuse uh from there my wife and i actually we moved around a little bit so we're western new yorkers and the winter sucks like we don't see the sun for four to five months it's pretty depressing and we decided to move to arizona just like out of the out of the blue, out of the whim, like what place in the country has the most sun? We're going to move there. <laughs> 363 days of sun. Um, lived and worked there for three years. A lot of good experiences. The the bosses I had there, um, it was a lot of like function, whatever the heck that word means, right? Like functional yeah, based really. stuff. We did yeah. minimal to no table work. Um, yeah, we did our dry needling. We did cool things. But my bosses were great friends with Gary Gray. So we did a lot of like gary gray based things and that that like really affected me early on how i look at how i like to work with people you know i think there are lots of roads to get there and i'm biased on like putting your foot on the ground but um that really biased me early on and we did a lot of cool stuff we did we had professional athletes out there we had every triple a player out there we had border patrol um we had firefighters the guys jumping out of airplanes to put out forest fires uh there's an air force base right there so we had special forces come in because the air force and military can't they don't have enough therapists to manage all their people, right? Um, we had a lot of high-level people, and it was cool because in those people, the job is to get them back safely to their job as fast as you can, and they don't really care like what their pain is. Their job is to be there for their team, for their people. So it was what would maybe be considered aggressive therapy, and I'm just like, this is just regular therapy. It was yeah. like walking to a facility like yours and seeing the fucking – Belt squat, squat yeah. racks, kettlebells, yeah. and being like, oh, this is an aggressive place. And yeah. it's like, no, this is just how it should be. Like yeah. therapy, therapy, people should leave better than they came in because how they came in is why they're here in the first place. Right. Um, so we did that. And then we actually t- decided, hey, let's do another bucket list thing. Let's go move to New York City. And we did that. So we uh, lived and worked in New York City, uh, worked for a very well-known physical therapy company who's known nationally. Uh, we started there. They had five offices. Now they have like 40. Um, when I was there, you know, New York city was a cool place because in a city like that, when you're there and you're ingrained in there, there's a lot of good medicine and it's very competitive. And I remember on my interview, I walked in, uh, talked to the lady who eventually hired me. Her name's Kathy Campbell. And Kathy looks at me and she's like, what do you want to do when you're here? Like, what do you want your goal to be? And I'm like, I want to be the ACL rehab guy in New York city. And she straight up laughed in my face. She's like, that, that's a good goal. <laughs> but, down. That's crazy. Uh, one year later. <laughs> 
98% of my referrals were direct ACL rehab. Yeah, nice. Uh, I had a lot of good time up at HSS, met all the docs. Like, I put in a lot of hours to try to get that and worked really hard. And fortunately, by the end, it was all athletic shoulder and athletic knee. That's all I wanted to do, and that's all I did for three or four years. It was awesome. And it's funny, you know, back pain is the thing we all see. Yeah. Like, everyone sees it. Oh, yeah. I personally hate treating it. I've never enjoyed it. Like, I, <laughs> I like helping people, but, like, as a diagnosis, right, we yes. all have the things we You're really like. like. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, we had, like, a back pain guy in my clinic. I didn't see back pain for four years. That's, I just saw elbows, yeah. shoulders, That's and awesome. knees. It was awesome. Um, anyway, we ran through that, and then we decided to start a family. So, we moved back to Western New York, Rochester. Um, and from there... Uh, I worked for a company called Agape Physical Therapy. Uh, actually, my wife actually hired me, so she was my boss oh, for a few years. <laughs> um, she had me uh, open up an office, uh, grew it from myself to about five therapists. So we, we've all done it, right? Yeah. You show up at seven, you leave at seven. Like you're treating yeah. all the patients, yep. and you just grind yep. it out for a year because mm -hmm. that's what it takes. Yep. Uh, very proud of that, honestly. Uh, that wasn't yeah. super enjoyable, but it was in the sense of when you accomplish something hard, you're like, I actually did that. So uh, we did that. Um and then, man, I, I got an opportunity of a lifetime, honestly. You know, John called me up probably about two, two and a half years ago. For those of you who don't know, John Russin, he's the, the founder of the PPSC, right, the certification company that I work for. Um, and he asked me on full-time. It's like, hey, do you want to go teach for us full-time? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so I still treat, I'll treat patients kind of on the side. Like, I'll do it for cash-based stuff. My full-time job is traveling the country, meeting awesome people like you, putting on a hope, cool. kick-ass education. Yeah. Um, and really trying to not only better just like the coaches in the room, but also like I'm I'm super pumped for this new clinical stuff that we're, we're yeah, rolling that's out. That's awesome. Um, because we all know therapists, like we're really good at the stuff we need for our boards, but we're not so good at like applying these strength and conditioning principles that we know are missing from therapy. Evidence tells us over and over and over, we underload patients. Um, patients don't have great outcomes. Now, whether that's like they showed up, they were compliant, the insurance game, they didn't have enough visits. I get all that. Um, but in the end of it, as a therapist, we should be pushing that. Uh, we should be pushing that harder. We just, yep. we don't because we're not confident. There's actually a study that came out last year, 2021. It was a systematic review. Um, and it was basically surveys of therapists in like 51 different countries on basically how confident do you feel at prescribing exercise? So 89% of therapists and you guys can cross-check me tomorrow because it'll be on the screen. I think it was 89. 89% <laughs> of therapists say we should be prescribing resistance exercise, strength training. 50% said they actually felt confident in doing that. Yeah. And I believe that. Yeah. Said, and even and I wonder if it's lower because I wonder if yeah, like some of the were, people are just like, yeah. I feel confident. I got, it. Yeah. I got this. But yeah. they don't. There's that, you right? Know? And I think there was oh, yeah. an, another step. And uh, I think it was less than 50% of physical therapists could actually state the minimum recommended exercise time per week by the ACSM. Yeah. It's 150 wild. minutes. It's wild. like not that hard. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's sad. And then it's like, do you have a physical practice? Are, are you that doc who's like, don't smoke while you're outside smoking? You know what <laughs> no, I mean? I, are, yeah, you, are you, what you preach? Yeah. Man. We say it all the time. That's so that's, um, yeah, that's a long story about my background, but that's like some of the stuff that really gets me excited about like being able to do what I do and, and coming in here and seeing what you guys do. Cause it's like, no one does this. Yeah. And look where our health trajectory is going as a country. Yeah. It's not getting better. No. Nope. Actually, I put a stat out today. Um, the United States healthcare system is the largest like entity in the country. And it's going to be growing by 16% in the next decade. So United Healthcare, 
is like number three on the Forbes 500 behind like Apple, Amazon, and Google. <laughs> someone's not even someone's, that good. Yeah, we're not, and we're not <laughs> even top ten. We're not even top ten in in um, like healthiest countries. No, Wait, we're not even top 20. twenty. No, yeah. no, no. Which is crazy. Like we, we spend the most. This, yeah, yeah, we spend the most, but we're not even up there. It's yeah. I, I've said this before. We handle acute, you know, emergency, traumatic situations well. We we help people survive through those. But as soon as something is beyond acute, we are very bad. Very yeah, bad. we just like to prescribe medicine. Man, yeah. I just I just got off the phone with my mom like an hour ago with oh, this gosh. whole blood pressure thing. Yeah, we she, could we could have a whole. Podcast I know, I know, on, I know. I'm not going to dive into it super super deep. Um, but basically, she's been having blood pressure issues since her last like booster shot, COVID COVID booster shot, right? Uh-oh, I know I said, said it. I'm sorry. It I, said it. I, said it. <laughs> I said it. I have to say it though. This is only going to reach one this is person. You, now. You're not crazy, you know. So, anyways, um, nobody wants to hear it. Number one, but number two. Nobody knows why it's happening. Nobody can tell her why it's happening. What do they do? They just give her more blood pressure medication. They're like, oh, it's still up. You know what? Just increase the dose. It's like, this is not the answer. You know, so um, this is just the system we live in, unfortunately. And it's like that for PT too. Like, it's just like, well, this is how it's been done since, you know, 1985. So this is what we do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not though. And this is also how our yeah. clinic gets paid is because yeah. we prescribe a certain percentage of this medication, you know? So, yeah. And that's yeah. bad too. Well, we get paid more if we yeah. prescribe Therex yeah. versus like manual therapy or, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like everything is driven off exercise. Yeah. And I think that's Which important is fine. too. We've Which talked fine, a lot about but, why we transition to yeah. cash base and that's a big piece of it. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, yes, we want more time with patients, but. Because the insurance company is basically dictating based on, you know, finances, what we do with people. It's not. Yeah, like they're still reimbursing for ultrasound. Isn't that crazy? It's never shown to be effective, even since it came out. But we still get reimbursed for it. That machine over there in the corner, you could not even plug it in. And you'd get the same result. Dude, the we haven't I don't even know if that ultrasound works actually. We haven't used it. It's there. You have to have it though. You have to. It's a it's like um it's like a picture of art on the wall. It's just a conversation piece, you know? Um it's kinda cool. Five thousand dollar conversation <laughs> piece. That doesn't work. A, a couple the, months we ago. We don't have any ultrasound gel. That's that's expired a long time ago. A couple months ago someone asked me to do it and I was like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how to do that. So you know what I've actually used ultrasound for? Um you can use it as a nice diagnostic yeah, for fractures. fractures. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have Absolutely. used that. We yeah. have used it like that. It was For probably sure. the last time I used that. I yeah. think that's when I used it more. Like yes. that's the only time yeah. I used it. And that yeah, means like this. twice a year. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. This is Seriously. true. Yeah. Just also, vibrations. Yeah. I, I will say though, I've also, so the patients I have that come in and they're repeat offenders and maybe they saw, you know, some, it wasn't me, right? They saw someone else and they're like, you know, I saw Bob and Bob did ultrasound and man, it, it helped me so much. I'll do it on that person. Sure. Like, I'll do it that one or two times until they can trust who I am and how I yeah, want to approach. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why not? Because, you know, it's funny. I think in our profession and, you know, I, I got to be careful. Like, I live on social media. That's part of my job. So I see the pendulums all over the place. Man, the pendulum has just swung from, like, no manual therapy. Manual therapy is literally useless. I know. We've, we've and all you do now, there. every physical therapist has to be a strength coach. Everyone has to barbell back squat in rehab because that's the superior squat lift. You can load it more and don't be a fear monger, right? And I'm like, no, like there's still like this middle ground where all the time you read the evidence, manual therapy and exercise is superior to exercise and just manual therapy. And we talk about it all the time, man. There's a, there's a huge mental component to the rehab process, right? Like you were just saying, like this patient really responds well to ultrasound. Okay, what's the worst that can happen? We obviously know it doesn't work, right? But like, does it make him feel better? Yes, it does, right? So I think you could be the best physical therapist in the world, but if you can't connect with your patients 
it doesn't really matter how good you are. It doesn't matter at all, you know, uh, because if you can't get them better, then you're you're useless, yeah. you know. Full, um, full time out real quick. 20 minutes into the podcast, Chad has not touched his food. I That's know. crazy. <laughs> okay, so we, this might be yeah, a record. You haven't had your pre-workout either. This might man. be a record. I'm so rolling it. I know. I yeah, he's, he's got a coffee The problem first, is, then a so I've got, I've got oatmeal here as a post-workout. And if I start it's eating crazy. that, it's going to get – I don't want to get it's it on good. the mic. It's going to just get all You're gonna messy. Have, yeah. <laughs> right, in the, right in the mic. So what I want to know then, this is, this is a fun ethical question, right? Because I remember getting asked this in grad school like 10, 11 years ago. Is it ethical to bill for the placebo effect? My answer is yes. Yeah. I say yeah. Hell yes. If you're I doing yeah. it. If yeah. the patient says, I feel better, I had a symptom of eight and is now a four, is that really a placebo effect? Or do, like, placebo effect, if it's positive, it's still positive. Yeah, yeah. right. That's right. We, we get caught up in, so number one, going back to what you were talking about before, everyone wants to be an extremist now. Like, they want to say the thing that is going to get the most views, get the most likes, whatever. So usually, if you're in the middle, people are like, eh, you know? So when you say something extreme... People usually, you know, open their eyes a little bit. But the other thing is, is because we put research on such a high pedestal and research is important, you have to study objective things, right? When you, when you're studying subjective, it's like, ah, eh, well, they don't really know how they felt. But I think that like we, we sweep that under the rug so much where we say, well, we want to see these objective measures go up. How you feel, eh, it's, it's, it's lower than that. I think that's, that's the top. Like, how are you feeling? You know, if, if you're feeling good, let's go. Let's keep rolling with what we're doing. That's my favorite is you have like the uh, like the dash or the left, like these little outcome measures. And there are some insurance companies that make you give it every two weeks. And it's like, like I would expect it's getting a little better, but I'm not expecting the minimal clinically important difference jump. What is it on the LAFS? Like 10 points, I think, 10 or more. And it's like, they just had a fracture. Yeah, and, and most of the stuff is there is like, can you run? Can you jump? Can yeah. you, yeah. you know, hop on one leg? It's like, dude, what? It's baseline. I still can't do that. I just no. had ACL surgery and people, like two no. days ago. What about the people who are filling out? They're like, I don't run. I'm like, what if you had to run? You know? Yeah, I know, like, right? Just, yeah. I, don't, I don't run. I don't want to answer this one. It's like, objective, yeah. but it's really not. It's a big subjective measurement. It is. You know? It is, yeah. Well, now yeah. they have those uh, with the patient-specific functional scales so they can, like, put in their own activity. And then they can rate it. So we used to use this company uh, for our documentation where um, it was all automated. Uh, so it'd be automated on the computer and it would fill out your note for you. It was awesome. So I would spend less than five minutes doing notes. So they would come in and it's like if the person is reporting they have back pain. Why do we ask them that on the chart and then ask them that again and yeah, then have to document yeah, it? Why yeah. can't they fill it out? And then it's automated in my note. Yes. So you would have all the subjective done. Yep. And then you would have nice little click boxes for like assessment, like ACLR, right? Uh, and a, and a, um, anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction. And then all the things that typically go with that, just clicking it. Range of motion, yep. loss, strength yep. loss, yeah. like yada, yada, yada. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's crazy. Some of those measures. Yeah, like I get is. the idea, but yeah. insurance companies want to see them every two weeks. I know. Yeah. I know. That's what we were sick of. That's yeah, pretty wild. And then you go through all that and they'd be like, you know what? Here's one visit. You're like, yes, <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that. You spend an hour and a half on hold <laughs> to get a peer review. Yeah. And they're like, well, there are four out of 10 in pain, but four out of 10 in less, like that's discharge. Um, I know Bobby's 16 and he wants to play high school sports, but he can walk five minutes without knee pain. So like we don't cover the rest of that. So all of a sudden you took someone who was functioning here high and you're bringing them down. Now they're lower. And where do you expect them to go? And you're the craziest thing, right? Talk about how much money we spend on um, like chronic disease, right? So 95% of U.S. healthcare dollars in older adults is spent on chronic disease. Guess what predicts your physical activity level when you're older? 
your physical activity level when you're middle-aged. So like if you're taking even that younger person and like knocking them down and they're like, man, I can't play sports anymore. Where are they going to go from there? Unless they find good people, which good, it's right. hard to find. It's hard. It's hard. No, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I like this. I like this conversation. This is yeah, such I mean, a, it, such it, a it, downer. Yeah. No, I think it's <laughs> great. No, this, this, we love it. You're on the same page as us. Yeah. This is why, this is why. So now that we're talking about this, I think it's good to kind of talk about, all right, now I know that the PPSD is obviously designed to not only bring awareness, but also kind of drive the profession in this direction. Um, but also make people feel confident with driving in that direction. So where do you see the vision of like PT going? Like in terms of whether it's, you know, performance-based, whether it's like, you know, PPSC stuff, like getting into like college curriculum, that kind of stuff, you know, like, because obviously there's a disconnect between what we get in college and what we see when we get out, right? Like I know that the internships and stuff help, but like, you know, what could, what could we do better, you know, to prepare these kids when they get out of school, you know, that kind of stuff, and then drive this profession in the right direction. You know, it's funny you say the internships help, because one of my internships, I saw 40 patients a day. So it helped me figure out how to burn myself out, still get my paperwork done, and seeing 40 patients a day. Like, didn't do anything. It, it crushed me. And I'm like, this is going to be the rest of my career. Um, man, I, I, this is my opinion. So people are going to disagree with me on that. This, this uh, that's fine. Um, if you're still taking insurance in ten years, like I don't think you're gonna exist, or you're gonna have to see so many people that you're just not gonna have a high quality of like what you do. Um, so if you are a privately owned outpatient practice, unless you're in a state like or just kind of middle of nowhere where like reimbursements high, just because there's not a lot of people, I think those are gonna be gone. I think it's all gonna be running through a hospital, and like hospitals don't care, the patients there don't care, seem to care, they don't know any better. Um, my first experience with outpatient hospital therapy, uh, 17 years old, we're playing a soccer game, got taken out from the side. My knee was swollen right up. And, you know, at that time, you're just like, shit, like I tore my ACL. Couldn't walk on it. Was on crutches for a couple of weeks. Um, went to go see the docs at a local hospital in Rochester. They yanked my knee around all over the place. ACL's fine. Perfect. They're like, yeah, you definitely tore your meniscus. So you did something there. Um, so <laughs> went downstairs to see a therapist, uh, sat in a chair. I think they looked at my knee like going bend, like flexion extension, and like maybe watch me walk and that's it. And then I proceeded to leave and go back to my gym that I was a strength coach at and deadlift and squat. And like, this kind of hurts. I'm just like finagle around that, like do all that. I don't even remember what my home exercise program was for PT. It might have been like some leg lifts. Yeah, probably probably just, straight yeah, leg races. Probably what it was. Quad sets. All four, you know, <laughs> and, uh, all, four, all four ways, yeah. I go back, visit number two. I walk in, my therapist is like, hey, um, I'm with a patient right now, which she was with about seven other patients. Uh, there's the treadmill. Just go like take a little jog on the treadmill, warm up. In my head, I'm like, all right, I have my first ever preseason coming up in six weeks. What's our fitness test? It's the Cooper test. Whether that's good or not, it's stupid for soccer players, but it is what it is, yeah, right? So yeah, two yeah. miles in under 12 minutes. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, I'm going to go run that. So I ran an 11-minute two-mile. With like a knee that felt like fairly good because I had just been working out and just not doing stuff that hurt. Yeah. Right? You know, freaking magic, <laughs> right? Um, and I remember she comes over and I'm like sweaty. She's like, how fast did you run? And I told her. I was like, I was like proud of myself. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I just yeah. passed my fitness test. And um, she starts berating me. Like, why did you do that? I never told you. you could do I'm like, you didn't tell me to do anything. You just said, go warm up. You, I'm like, I can literally do all this on my own. Um, she then proceeded me to have to deadlift the heaviest kettlebell they had, which was like 50 pounds. 
literally later that day, I left, went to the gym and deadlifted 405 for sets of five. And I'm like, I never went back. Um, that being said, like that literally ingrained within me, every, I think school, every curriculum, every therapist should go spend time with a strength coach. I agree. Just because you have a doctorate degree doesn't mean you know everything. Yep. Uh, in fact, I think the more we learn, the more we realize we don't know anything and we aren't super great at applying, like just strength conditioning principles. Like, let me ask both of you. I know when I was in grad school, no one ever taught me how to squat or no. hinge. Either you Same. get that? Nope. Nope. What did you get? Here's the blue band. The blue band is 30 pounds at this level of pull. Yeah. The red theraband is 20 pounds at this level yeah. of pull. Here's how you set up the EMG. Here's how you set up the Russian. Machine like, testing. Yeah. Yeah. And like all that has yeah. value. Sure. Um, but shit, man, people got to just learn how to get strong. Like, And we just don't get taught that. And we don't get taught that. We don't get taught how to coach. Like you do not. Therapists are notoriously poor, in my opinion, at actually like coaching people through exercise here's how you do it here's what you should feel and how you should feel it and then oh shit if it hurts how do i tweak that that's right we're just not good at it no we're not we aren't and and i would i would question whether and i don't know about your program nick because nick went to springfield and everything's well i was just gonna say something but But you or i um our professors were for the better part not practicing for a long period of time they were great Great professors. They knew their stuff, right? But um, let's just say that it was probably not taught because it was probably not known. It was just a lack of knowledge, you know? And I don't know how what your experience was, but that was mine in college. Yeah, we had at Springfield. So same, similar idea. A lot of the professors were out of practice for a while. But Springfield is very well known, probably more so for their exercise science and physical education programs. So they're in terms of Division Three, and I play basketball there. So the varsity weight room is like a Division One weight room versus the other schools we go play against. They don't even have a varsity weight room, and the athletic training room is is like eight times the size of the other schools. But nonetheless, great exercise science program. Grad, you know, every every um, varsity team has their own strength coach. Like that's how good the the Division Three program is. Yet we did nothing with them in PT school. We were so far removed from them. We almost, it, you almost got the sense that because we were in the like health sciences building, we were just like up on this pedestal, but we never, like one day we went to the AT room and, you know, used some of the equipment there, but we never went to the, to the, the, <laughs> the gym, which is insane because I was going through playing basketball. I was going through, you know, lifting programs with the coaches. So I was in there. And I'm like doing this stuff and I'm learning it myself because it was really the first time I had I had done any kind of um, structured um, strength training. And, you know, I'm doing that and then I'm going back to class and it was just total polar opposites and it was crazy. This is uh, this is going to get me into trouble. My professors were super nice, like good people. But it's like, why do you get in physical therapy? Why do you get an education? Well, you either don't know how to run a physical therapy business. That's someone right. bought you out or you failed as a clinician. I, mean, it's, I hate to say it, but it's true. That, I mean, that's the truth. That's the or, truth. I mean, no, no, Joe, like. I wouldn't mind having a cushy job of like being in education and like getting tenured and just like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah, it's, a good, time it's a good job. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that's wrong. But, um, I remember the guy who taught like any of our Therex classes. I'm like, bro, you can even squat your body weight on a bar, you know? And again, I, I am biased towards strength and conditioning. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of therapists that never have a patient touch like a 10 pound dumbbell even. And those patients do fine. But my question is, do they come back? Like, do they stay fine? 
And is absence of pain absence of, of a problem? No. And really, what are we all trying to do? It's not just like the knee person in front of me. It's like trying to improve their lifespan and their physicality through their lifespan. Um, and man, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I remember just like kind of sitting there chuckling a little bit, just being like, bro, you are like 120 pounds soaking wet. Like you don't even look strong. <laughs> I love the fact that like in your head, you're calling your professor bro. Like bro. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not in grad school because you know how yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah. grad school, you, you're, yeah. like, you're kind of scared. Like, oh, totally. Oh, yeah, for show, sure. If you're on time to class, you're late. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah all that oh, stuff. Yeah, for but sure. like, coming out of it a little bit, you're just That's like, awesome. man, I wish I could go back to grad school. Yeah, I probably right. would have had a lot more fun. Just oh, like, yeah, for sure. I go back now, sure. yeah. knowing yeah. what I know. I, I mean, I, and, and we can, we can rag on the professors all day long, but when you graduate, where is the responsibility lie? It lies on the provider, right? You need to do your due diligence and do your research and figure out where you need to be, right? Because I mean, how many conferences that we've gone to where we've been the only PTs there filled with like personal trainers and they were like, what are you doing here? It's like, we want to know what you know. Like we want to get better at what we do, right? Like perfect example, raise the bar last year. Like there were like three PTs there actually four if we include Justin and it was like that was Justin it. wasn't supposed to be and there. Justin didn't want to be there. there. <laughs> <laughs> so technically three you know and it's like wow this is sad you yeah, know and yeah. it's it's just yeah I know I mean it's it just the, the responsibility really lies on on the provider and, and you know courses like this make it make it more feasible for them to or maybe it's more awareness or something whatever but like you know it's also like us being like hey listen you should come to this it could really help you yeah. you know and it just like as it travels we hope it gets better yeah you know or but make it's, it yeah and pt programs can make this a mandatory part of the curriculum it all it takes is a weekend right so they could easily just you know like could or some that. sort of and you know the funny thing is too is like not to rag on the schools what's the school's job to make you a really good generalist to make you own the doctor title in terms of like, I don't think this is musculoskeletal. I need to refer you out and right. to get you to pass the boards. Right. That's it. Yeah. But then when you like get to the real where you are, right. It's, but it's kind of on the school a little bit like this. Yes. Um, yes. And when I say that it's how, I mean, how many students have you guys had where they come in and you know, you're spending, you're just like, Oh, you're a third year student. You should be able to like handle your own caseload. Right. Which no third year student ever can. I mean, I don't even think a PT, I don't even think you're like, comfortable till you're five years into just like yeah. treating <laughs> yeah. um but they come in like how much time are you spending just like teaching them the basics of how humans generally with you know understanding there's differences like how we should move and load just like loading principles like basic loading 101 we spend a lot of time doing that and it's kind of sad like and it's funny i think i know i like i tell i'll give cliff a shout out because he probably Actually, I'll make him listen to this because I'm giving him a shot. I'm, I'm giving him a, giving a compliment. I always tell Cliff, like someone like Cliff, who's been in the industry for a while, as an excellent coach. I'm like, dude, you were probably one of the best therapists I've ever met. He's just like, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's like if X hurts, just don't do that and find a way to still train that thing while not making X hurt. And then gradually re-expose <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. position that hurts. Like that's really what we all do. Minus like post-operative things, right? Like kind of our non-traumatic stuff that's non-operative. That's kind of what we do. This hurts? Okay, well, we're still going to work that in a different way until that doesn't hurt anymore. Then re-expose you to that and then build competence and volume on that so you're ready for it the next time it happens, right? It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the load you're not prepared that's for. That's right. That's what we try to make people that's ready right. for. Yep. I mean, we say the same thing. Like even Taylor, she's a, one of our trainers, but she's been with us, with us for so long that I would put her, her up against like any traditional PT, like maybe not on the assessment side because she hasn't had that but exercise progression she'll crush every one of them 
But even know? the assessment, she could do better than she thinks. Totally. That, that's it would that's be a confidence issue, confidence. which we're yeah. working on. We're working on that. <laughs> and that's but, the um, cool thing, too. It's like you think about like the raise the bar example. And, you know, we live in our silos. I'm a strength coach, and therefore I hate therapists because every therapist right. tells me that I hurt my, my clients. That's right. How did you? Oh, you hurt your freaking shoulder. Your stupid trainer, and then like, <laughs> yeah. and like, then trainers want to play doctor, right? And then yeah. we have the opposite. Yeah, you know, and exactly. it's like we should just be a team. Like, it's like totally. this, this team for that person through the health span. Um, so I know for me it was huge trying to find who are the best personal trainers in and around my area. So when you're done with therapy, I have somewhere that I can recommend you go, because like the end of me is like the start of your health journey. It's not like all right, my pain is gone. I'm going to do three sets of 10 bird dogs and bridges every day for the rest of my life. I'm going to try to eat a little bit better and then hopefully I won't have back pain again. Like that's yeah. just not how it works. Yeah. yeah. yeah and that's, that's why circle. we created the, the model we have here. Cause we do a lot of the, that transition that, that you were just describing. Oh, I want to find some good trainers to send out. We do a lot of the rehab and then we transition people to like three months of training with us. So then that's that like bridge the gap. And then we have other trainers that go beyond that, you know, in the, in the area. But the pe- we just noticed over the first couple of years that in that in-between area, people were either just stopping because they were like, ah, I don't feel right, you know, or I'm not confident yet. And they would just completely stop, you know, or they would end it back in and be like, yeah, you did, you did too much in that, in that little window there. So every, you know, every, even every that. coach needs a coach. Yeah. I have sure. a coach. For sure. I and too. like, yeah. I love, and you all know, yeah. you all know your shit and you're yeah. like, I still have a coach. Absolutely. Now imagine just your normal lay person who's 40 year old, you know, Maybe has five pounds to lose, has back pain. Like they don't know. Like they try yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know how then, you know how much respect you get though for that. Like I like our clients and patients. Like wait, you have a coach? Yeah, I have a coach. Yeah, you know, yeah, not absolutely. only do I not know everything, but it's it also takes the bias out of my training. It also takes the bias out of my nutrition. Everything. You know what I mean? Because I am very creature of habit with some of the things that I do. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Um, which is probably one of the reasons why I you know get stuck in these like you know plateaus. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, but it's they love it. They love hearing Absolutely. that, you know, yeah. it gives them the idea. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think so. to answer your question, like 10 minutes later, like that's where therapy is going. I think therapy in outpatient, non-hospital has to transition to a continuum of care where you can discharge from therapy and now we can train and do wellness. But if you're going to do that and like everyone wants to do that, right? It looks cool. We get to have a squat rack. We get to have yeah. some rogue freaking jam balls, yeah. right? We get to have the rhino, you know, belt squat. Yeah. Um, in order to do that, you have to know how to use it. Yep. Because you want to present yourself well. But I mean, you know, strength coaches are awesome. Love them. They've been in the industry. Like, they learn by being in the industry. But in terms of, like, musculoskeletal education, like, therapists should be able to access the top of the food chain in terms totally. of being able to do that. We just don't have the basis of strength work and in-the-gym work that I think makes us successful in the long term. I there. agree. And I feel like... You know, like you said, you just like, you know, oh, this this is a cool setting. This is what I want to do. It's like, I think that's cool. And I think that if that's your motivation and that's your passion and that's your vision, I think it's great. But you can't just walk into that. You have to earn that right. You have to earn that right through experience. You have to earn that right through, you know, going through the motions. Like whether it's you do work for insurance for a while to know what the other side's like, whether it is you have a great mentor, like you don't just walk and just say, I'm going to open up my own clinic. Like how many kids get out of school and just go right up and open up their own clinic? That I think is the dumbest idea ever. Like I give you guys props for that. That's cool. But like, I still think that you are missing the boat on some things. Like you're missing out on that mentorship aspect. You're missing out on the experience like of, of things that could take your business to the next level, but you're probably now going to be you know, now stuck into business ownership and not progressing yourself like clinically 
to the point where you can manage both, you know? That's an interesting yeah. point. Because yeah. I think if you look now, that's what's being promoted, not through maybe schools, but through like social media. It's like, yeah. yep. you don't yeah. have to have 20 years of experience yep. to start your own business. And yep. they're right. And you know what? To a fairly confident PT, you probably could just start your own cash business and do fairly well. Yeah, there well. are people that do it and yeah. they do well. But I wonder like how much they're missing. You know, like what are they doing, you know, or what could they be doing better if they had more time? before they actually versus like working on their business right yeah exactly because because like and i hate to say it like i still treat but like i have to be a business owner first and a therapist second you know unfortunately it's just how it is that's that's the role that's what it is you know but for people that i feel like just get stuck as being a therapist and also have to run a business they put therapist first and their business suffers you know and that's just what it is. And that's why these people grind for so long in, as a solo practitioner for years. And they're like, I can't do anything else. It's like, you can't do anything else because you don't know how to run a business. Like, you're too busy being a therapist, which is nothing wrong with that. But like, no, physical you know? therapists are horrible business owners. Totally. In my, thousand percent. In my experience. Thousand percent. Um, I agree. And it's funny because we're we're this altruistic, I'm going to be a therapist. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, this is morally right. This is ethically right. Yes, you are right. That is true. But you also have to run a business. But you know what I mean. But so. learn how to do math. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. Like I did so many years. Like I mean, you know, like I never took. I finally joined a business mastermind two years ago, which I just finished up with. But it's like, you know, before that, it was like conference after conference. You know, building my clinical skills here, build, building my clinical skills there. And I'm like, man, my business didn't grow like it could have grown. You know what I mean? It's doing well now, but like. It could have done way better, you know, if I had spent more time on the business side, you know, earlier on, you know, after it already, because I had eight years experience before I even opened up this place. So it's like, I already had that, but yet I wanted to continue my education, which is fine. Um, but I think I missed the boat on the business side too. You know what I mean? And you realize how much, I remember, I remember I had my first call with, with Danny Matei, for all of you that don't know him, he's, uh, he's kind of like the leader in the, the PT biz, like cash-based, you know, realm. And um, he was like, dude, like how much continuing education do you do on your clinical skills? I was like, in the last year, I don't know, like a shit ton. Yeah. He goes, how much business stuff did you do? I said, uh, zero. That's why I'm talking to you. He goes, yeah, exactly. It's fucking time, bro. I'm like, yeah, it is. Makes so, sense. Um, yeah. 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 So I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in that rut, not to get kind of like down the rabbit hole. But, you know, that's a big pet peeve of mine when so many people reach out to me and they're like, I want to open up my own clinic. Cool. How many years have you been out? I just graduated. How about you put your time in? You know what I mean? That's like the first thing that I say. I'm like, don't waste your time, you know? Um, even though like I'm happy for you, I think it's awesome, you know? Um, but I, I want you to become a better clinician first before you have to become a business owner because you can't do both. What's the, um, I'm interested, what's like the biggest, if you could give someone advice in terms of like business, like what's like the biggest takeaway you've had owning a business about business? I know that's don't, like that's don't a do tough it. one. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I know that this isn't my podcast. So but I'm curious. I would say, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you. So um, I've always had a hard time managing personal and business life. There's there has to be a balance there, and I always would put business first. Sometimes I still do. You know, um, it's a snow day, so I get to which, have is, my kids. which is I get to have my cake and eat it too today. <laughs> but um, it's it's but I think that was my biggest downfall is not um, not. I guess not preparing myself or not, you know, taking the initiative to figure out how to make a better balance between life and work. Um, and, you know, not only will your business hurt, but your personal life hurts. You know what I mean? So 
Um, that was my biggest realization, not knowing how much it was going to affect my personal life when I opened up the business because it consumes you, you know, and, but, and that's why you need to find people like Nick and Taylor that can take these duties and delegations off of your back so that you can have that balance, you know, cause otherwise, yeah, you know, you're doing it all on your own. Which is you interesting because a lot of people open up their own business so they can free themselves up more, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, so that's, and that yeah. was the reason. I was like, man, yeah. I just want to open up a business because I want to have more time with my family. Make my own hours. I want to yeah. just replace my income and have more time with my family. Well, I did that, but I'm like, but I want more. But I want, it's always you want to bring it to the next yeah. level. You know what I mean? And you forget about the main reason why you started the business in the first place. So it's just how it goes. It's just the nature of the beast. It's the hustle. I I enjoy the hustle. I still get shit you for the do, many hours that I do, work. You do enjoy the hustle. I yeah. love it. And like so many of the people that I work with or like colleagues of mine, they're working like 12 to 15 hours a week. And I'm still sitting here working 35, 40 hours a week. And they're like, what are you doing that for? I was like, I enjoy it. And I have the people, I have the infrastructure that takes care of all the other stuff. So I don't have to worry about that stuff, you know, as much, you know. Um, I feel useless. I tried it. I did try it. I went down to like 25 you hours you tried, you tried for a little and bit. I was right. home and I was bored as shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, I feel like I'm not, a, I'm not a contributing to my, it was, uh, it was also, society. I'm so popular in the area too, that like my, my schedule got so full. Yeah, right. Chad, you guys see some more people. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, a, um, exactly. there's like this grinder mindset that it's like, if I'm not busy to this level, I just feel like I'm doing nothing. I like, I know that feeling like not in a way of like going to a business, yes. but just like, yeah. uh, it's like when we go on vacation. Yeah. Like my job technically is like 24 You're seven, all the time. Yeah. But like I have a hard time just going on vacation anyway. Like I have a hard time like not working when we're gone. I get in trouble for it a lot. But I'm like it's yeah. just kind of like I think I know. Part, of, part of the nature. But it's funny. I think with the business thing too, a lot of people are like I'm going to start my own business to have more time. You get that time like five years down the road, ten years down. Like, you don't get it while you're right. building your business because like shit, you're, you're in it. Um, you are the business, right? That's it. That's it. That's the brand. Yeah. You know, so, but I mean, it's, it's fun, but you, you do come to a realization where it's like, you like, you get that burnt out kind of feel, you know? Um, and that's when we made that transition to cash. And I honestly, my stress level has been way less ever since we made that. I mean, it was not less in the beginning. We made that transition, but now that we've made the transition and everything is kind of going in the right direction, it's a lot less stress on the back where we can have stuff like this. I love being able to have courses like this. I love being able to go to courses, you know? For sure. And, and just enjoying it. You know, I, n- I never used to enjoy it. I used to just sit there and just think about, okay, I need to get as much as I can out of this. Now I'm like, who can I meet at this next place that I go to? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. I yeah. love the networking aspect of it, you know, more than more than anything. I mean, I love the content too, but that's just what it is, you know? So, yeah, for sure. All right. Did we miss anything? I mean, I was, we, I had questions here and uh, like, we don't really need them. When Justin <laughs> yeah. went through his whole intro, Justin started asking almost all my questions. <laughs> um, so I don't really hit, have hit, any uh, other ones. Just, just hit some oh, of I, no, I do have one. Um, this is the one that we normally pick. That's what I'm saying. Hit, oh. hit some of those. I, yeah. I'm going to hit that one. Um, think of the best bang for your buck exercise. One. Best What's, bang you can for only your buck do, You can only do one exercise. Only one exercise. What are you picking? What would it be? Trap our deadlift. Nice. Trap our deadlift. With That's chains. a good one. Oh, oh with chains. chains. He threw chains That's in a good one. He we haven't chains. had a chains yet. I know. We haven't had anyone. Love, love the chains. He's such um, a savage. Reason why? I mean, I think um, when it comes to best bang, like, it's not would you squat or only deadlift for the rest of your life? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. but if you look at a deadlift, I think it just pulls on enough 
anterior and posterior chain together. Like you can kind of get a nice count, and you can change it. it. You can hinge a deadlift. You can squat a deadlift. Yep. It's in yeah, your center sure. of mass. Your shoulders are neutral. Like, yeah, yeah. And what feels fucking better than pulling some heavy shit yeah, off? Yeah, that is that is. A great I'm also six two, and squatting with a bar feels like shit. Heard that? Feel that? Heard that? Yeah. Trap bar is my favorite. I will pick a trap bar over a barbell yeah. any day. I feel like yeah. all the um all the broken people like the trap bar. Totally. That's <laughs> yeah. true. I am so broken, yeah. you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also Cliff's favorite exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, okay, so I, this was actually a question that I had now that you brought that up because you just dug at Cliff. Um every time like whether it's like I put up something or Justin puts up something, they're always like shitting on each other hardcore, you know? But they always come after you. It's John comes after you and then Cliff tag teams you. And then every time I watch these videos where you guys are all lifting weights, you're always the one that's lifting the most amount of weight. Thank you for I saying understand. that in public. <laughs> I, 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 let it be known. It's recorded. It's, it's, it's public. So you're over here in your basement or wherever you are lifting like 415 and Cliff's over here doing some rotational with like a, with a 20 pound kettlebell and John Rustin's, I mean, if I have to watch another video of him doing a rear foot elevated split squat. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, why are they digging on it? I know they're just doing it to joke with you, but like, I think it's kind of funny. Like where did this all like stem? Like you guys worked out one time or something and like, um, I, maybe I guess I'm just an easy target. You know what? This is what yeah. I feel like. I feel like when you troll someone, you never troll down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like someone that's bigger that's than you, point. you're not going to make fun of them. That's yeah. a good point. You're going to make fun of the next guy. <laughs> yeah. John's just a, you know, he's just uh he's just a bald guy living yeah. in Wisconsin. I mean, just Oh, <laughs> uh, and it's actually funny. Like, I will say the the one time we all lifted together. So we did um BioFit 2020 our first course post COVID. Every single coach we brought in was there. And Cliff, it's Cliff's funny, man. He doesn't lift bilateral lifts. Um you know, bugs his knee and yeah. some other stuff. But man, that guy is strong on oh, one yeah. leg. But then when we do bilateral lifts, he wins. He beat yeah. So um remember we were deadlifting, I pulled like five forty and then Cliff pulled like five fifty just to do it. And then his <laughs> knees have been hurting ever since, just for the record. Um No, but you know, it's we're gonna train here in a second. Like uh I like how Cliff trains in a sense of like, let's be athletic. Like I'm not I'm not I don't he's like, I don't want to exercise to be the best exerciser. I want to exercise to be like the best functional doofus human. Um, and it's funny, like <laughs> totally we, we've all like done that. it. I've done uh, like, if you want to be a power lifter and compete, you go do that. But whenever I've done that, I feel like shit. I feel stiff and like my joints don't feel good. I, I don't feel fat, but I just feel like, you know, and I put on like, you know, this summer, uh, I was like 218. I'm 205 right now. Like, man, I yeah. was pulling... I can get six up on the trap bar. I can get five on the straight bar. I could squat about four. My hips are never good at squatting. I could bench about three thirty. Like I had yep. good numbers, but I felt like I got started. Yeah. Didn't feel good. Yep. And um, doing more stuff that's non barbell, that's on one leg, that's in different ranges, um, has really felt good. So I think there are multiple ways to get strong. Totally. Yeah. You know, and it's we all know this. Like you've been training for a while. Yeah. I've been training for a while. You've been yep. training for a while. At some point, you can't lift the car. That's right. So yeah. what do I do next? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think volume um, volume is a cheap way to try to make gains. Actually, I think volume always, when you do more volume, you always just, your intensity always drags. Um, so there are multiple ways to do it, but it's like keep the intensity high, work in different ranges and, and do that. But I yeah, agree. I mean, you are right though. Every time we train together, um, John always loses. <laughs> <laughs>
don't know if I said that, uh, but he just said it. He said it. He said it. It's it's on. That's funny. Yeah, that's cool. No, I'm I'm excited about the course this weekend. I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm excited for the people that are coming. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a it's going to be a good group. So I think the conversation is going to go in multiple different directions, which is the reason why I think it's going to be awesome. I'm honestly hoping yeah. we don't even go through the course content. Yeah, I we mean, just it could like, happen. That's what I love it about this happen. course. Like we have yeah. here's what we teach. But man, I, I just love, it's like, what questions come up? Yep. Like, what things can we, yeah. it's funny, you know, if you've ever taught a course before, it's like, people look at you like you are the expert. Right. And like, in a way you are. Sure. Like, I've taught this course 150 times, so I know the course. Right. But like, how much experience do we have in the room? Yeah. Like, what can we learn right. yeah. through this from like the people in the room that should have been doing longer than I have? So like, that's the exciting part to me, totally. honestly. Totally. But, you know, I, I mean... To, to your point as well, like, I think that, you know, they're here because they, they want to know more. They don't know everything. You know what I mean? So that's that whole like confidence thing too, where it's like, you know, I don't know, do I, should I be up here? I mean, I don't know, you know, but at the end of the day, experience doesn't always mean everything, you know? And that's, that's, you know, I think it's good, even though that you're going to have a lot of experience in the room. I think a lot of the people in the room are going to know each other. So I think that's going to open up the door for even more questions, it's gonna yeah. be awesome. which is going to be even better. It's yeah. going to be awesome. It'll and, be good. and the nice thing we always get the feedback from these courses is, hey, you like I was already doing this, but now you just made it really systematic. Like my thought process is clear, cleaner and clearer. Um, and then when you have kind of new grad therapists or just new coaches who are just like deer in the headlights or like all right, you help me just organize what I should be doing versus just like throwing shit at a wall and hoping yep. something sticks. Some people need systems. Which, they need, yeah, yeah they it's huge because we, we actually treat it from a physical therapy perspective a lot of the strength coaches in the area. And that's the biggest, biggest thing that between the conversations we have is sometimes they're like, sometimes I just feel like I'm like, I'm kind of on the right track, but it's not all there. It's not all coming together, you know? So this type of a system is great because it gives them that, that systematic approach. So, you know, they see it a little more cleanly and they're not just like, you know, grabbing from all, all, all different um, angles there. Yep. hundred percent. I love it. All right. So leg day coming up. Leg day. And then Chad's out. He's got to take the kids home. I got to eat his cold oatmeal. I got to eat. I want to eat this back <laughs> up. It's not, it's <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> it needs Why'd a little, you even bring it out I don't know. I, I had it's higher hopes. I had higher hopes. It, it might actually be good now. It might kind of be like a, um, you know, a little, uh, mushy it doesn't type bother of, me. It's for the, ice cream. It's for the gains, bro. It doesn't really matter which way it goes down. So, leg leg day yeah. death metal. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm down. <laughs> I'm a hip hop guy. So, I'll be honest. But I would say yes. That's okay. I'm I'm Nick, good with anything. Nick's you're adaptable. you're you're about to get 10 percent stronger. I'm a, <laughs> just with the music. I love it. That's what I, I tell them. I love it. I love it. You're gonna have to tell me exactly what artists I need to look up because I usually <laughs> just know, put on we'll, hip hop. We'll combine hip hop and rock. We'll play some Hollywood Undead. Ooh, basically perfect. the same thing there you go all right there you go let's cool. do it well thanks justin for being on the podcast and we look forward to this weekend man all right thanks you guys cool. appreciate it thank you for joining us in the rack this week make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes you can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma and remember if you train inside the rack you better be thinking outside the rack